Entrepreneur MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halastic. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halastic, and I am co-founder of Financing Solutions. Financing Solutions provides easy-to-set-up lines of credit for small businesses, and I will be your host for today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. If you are interested in learning more about getting a business line of credit, which I would highly recommend, please visit our website at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. If you fill out a simple two-minute application, those no documents required, we will give you a offer letter or we will tell you why we can't help you. It's very, very simple. And um, telling you from experience, you should always have a line of credit in place just in case. Over the last 25 years plus, I hate to say how long, I have built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million range, including two companies that have made the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies in the United States. I totally love learning from people with business experience. And today I'm excited to be speaking with Michael Cole from Cole Performance Group. Michael Cole is an executive coach who partners with CEOs, entrepreneurs, and executives developing leadership skills and team building. Mike utilizes certifications from the John Maxwell and Zig Ziglar organizations, along with over 30 years of experience from home office to the boardroom. At his company, the Cole Performance Group, they employ tools such as goal setting, DISC, work, working genius, and mastermind groups to coach and mentor their clients. Michael, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Thank you very much, Stephen. I'm really looking forward to being here today. So, Boy, uh, Zig looking. Ziglar is quite a character, isn't he? Uh, yeah, and that was probably one of my, uh, I, I, probably the biggest certification that I've ever received. And it was such a, a wonderful experience meeting with the entire family uh, from Tom and Julie and uh, Cindy uh, going down to their place. It's uh, when you become a Ziggly, Ziggly Legacy certified person, you become part of their family. And it's, wow. it really is an outstanding. Well, yeah, he, he's must really have passed by now. Has he passed? Well, he passed in uh, six, eight years ago. But yeah. it, I'll do a real short story. One of the one of the things that they did when he passed was, what are you going to do with the company? And they didn't want the legacy of Zig Ziglar to die. So they actually created to they created a legacy trainer program. They only bring in four or five groups a year between 10 and 15 people. You're nominated from God only knows where. I got a call saying, hey, you'd be perfect for group seven. I was one of the first seven groups certified uh, back in 2015. And it's just, it, it was just an amazing experience. You learn more about the family, you learn more about his history and yeah, it's, it's great. So yeah, I, uh, not to take too much time, but I, so I used to li- listen to his tapes a lot. He's quite yep. a character, you know, this is a, a, yep. a long time ago when I was in sales, my first, uh, my first eight years of my career, I started, I worked for Xerox and I started listening to Zig Ziglar, Ziglar tapes as I was driving to appointments. And, um, I'm not going to tell the story, but he tells this story about, this uh, guy who's shining shoes in the airport and how he finds out how the guy, you know, is making like $60 an hour because of how many shoes he signed and how he's getting people to give him other stuff and stuff like that. So he's, he's quite a great storyteller. And I, uh, you know, I'd recommend if you're, if you're in a sales position, listen to it. It's a lot of fun. Um, so let's talk about today's topic. Today's topic is uh, leadership development and team building to improve leadership. And um, so, you know, uh, 
how important do you think? Uh, so the large majority of our customer or of our uh, uh, listeners are under five million dollars in sales, right? And again, I'll reiterate why the objective is to get to ten million, because at ten million in a lot of industries, that's when you are getting interest. People are starting to get interested in purchasing you, your business, which is what you want. And also, it's when you have your you kind of have your act together because you have your processes and procedures down. You can't. It's hard to run a ten million dollar company if it's just you and one other guy or something, depending on the industry, of course. So uh, how important do you think leadership is to getting you know past the $5 million mark? Uh, leadership is everything just to even get to pa- get to up to the $1 million mark, right? So you have the, I, you, I call it the phase one, phase two, phase three leader. The phase one leader is the entrepreneur, the guy that just starts it. He works in his garage or whatever. And he, you know, he's, he's, all his enthusiasm, people are, that is leadership. He is, he's leading by example. He's there all day long. He's the person he's influencing people's decision. And like John Maxwell says, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. So we want to influence these people as we grow. Okay. So that's the phase one leader. The The next leader is that phase two leader. And this is kind of where you, you see your, your business as well, that going from that five to $10 million I'm, you know, I work with those people going from five to ten million dollars as well. But I do for I do so for the, not the purpose of selling the company, but so they can get the systems, the policies, the procedures, yep. everything in line. Because people come to work for them that are no longer part of the startup mentality. They are now uh, they're they're working for a career. They're working for their resume building or for whatever reason that they. So how is that leader going to influence them differently than they influence the startup mentality? You know, when Steve Jobs and his uh, can't remember the other guy's name. Started um, in the garage. Yeah, it was w, uh, uh, Wozniak. Yeah. Wozniak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's, they started together. They both had the same common vision, common purpose. So now, how do you tie? And this is a Zig Ziglar thing. How do you tie those visions and those goals to the new employees' visions and goals? It might be completely unrelated. And that's influence. That's discussion. That's getting buy-in. That's finding common ground. All of the leadership principles that John Maxwell and all those and, and Simon Sinek talk about. It's so important they, because they're no longer following you for enthusiastic reasons. They're following you for purpose and mission and goals and driven and lots of different things. So that's, it's, you can't go anywhere without leadership. Yeah. It's, question. and boy, you said something earlier on in what you're talking about that I, I remember it so well, you know, when you're an early startup and you, you're kind of a new entrepreneur, um, you, you, you on you honestly hire different type of people. It's you, you, I don't want to say you don't get the cream of the crop because, but you know, you don't know how to hire, right? You are right. getting, you, you can't pay a lot. You, uh, you may, I, I hate to say, it, but sometimes you get people who are accepting the job and they're not great at uh, ferreting out if you're a good company or not, which is an indication of them. It's, it's, there's a lot to it. And then as you continue to grow, um, you know, you learn more, you learn how to hire, you learn how to lead you you learn how more people are attracted to you. You can pay a little more, you can have more benefits, you know, it gets easier. Um, and, and, uh, that's, that's been my experience, uh, Mike, is that fair to say what I'm talking about is true? 
Oh yeah. I mean, you, you, you hire people because they're willing to come along with on the <laughs> journey as opposed to, uh, helping you drive the car. You know, so it's, it's, you're, you're not, hi- you're not hiring people for a skill, but you're here as much skill as you are. And you, again, you're buying them cheap. Um, but you said something there at the end that kind of lost it there for a second, but the, I don't think it's easier because now that entrepreneur is looking at everybody's, why don't they have the same, why don't they have that same fire that I have in my belly? You know, the first 25 guys I hired all felt that way. The next 25 don't. So how do I hire those people? It, it really becomes a very, very difficult decision. You end up hiring people and putting them in seats instead of the right people in the right seat. You have a lot of wrong, you, know, you, you kind of know where you want to go, but you have a lot of the wrong people in the wrong seats. And how do you move these people around? So yeah, there's I, a different uh, level of cha- different challenges. A challenge. It was easier yeah. for me. Yeah. I mean, I had as many as 100 employees okay. at one time yeah. and uh, 110 and uh, to be exact. And, um, and it, for me, it was, uh, it was more, uh, I, I had all my processes down, uh, you know, for, I, I had my job descriptions down. I had my measurements down. And then what happens too is the jobs get more specialized as well. I found mm-hmm. you don't have someone who's doing a lot. You you hire them for a very specific job, which they know how they're being, uh, what they're getting hired for. And uh, you know you have um, you know at, at 110 employees, you you know you better have some good leadership qualities and some good yes. management qualities in in your firm. So, and and you know, that kind of brings us to you know really the topic today, and that is. You know, from your experience, how do you develop uh, strong leadership uh, teams, and how do you improve that as as your company's growing? Yeah, the the main thing you do is have to find out what they're good at, what they're not good at. Not necessarily um, are they good at math, or are they good at science, or are they good at R and D, but what are they good at as far as the leadership qualities of? And if you look at John Maxwell's twenty one laws, you know, are they good at getting buy in? Are they good at empowering? Are they good at those types of things? So you, you it, and and Focusing also on communication, um, they have to be able to communicate not only their visions, but they have to be able to talk to people the way they want to be the, the way that people want to be talked to. Um, I, I use a lot of DISC. In fact, I, I do a DISC profile on every new client because I want to know how they want to be talked to, and I try to talk to them like you know it's not the golden rule, right? Don't treat everybody the way you want to be treated. It's the platinum rule: treat them the way they want to be treated. Yep. And you get more, and they get, they understand that instead of uh, you said you're very very good at processes and having job descriptions. So I'm, I, I would probably slap you in a C <laughs> as a C category in the disc right away because that's the way you think. You know, boom boom boom. But not everybody is like that. So wh- where are they good? Where are they bad? Are they enthusiasts? So we start with communication. Try to figure out where. Uh, how to speak to people, those types of things, and developing the qualities that they they can improve and make a difference. So if you can rate yourself on, let's just say, uh, connecting with people is not something you do well. And I'm not, I already listened to enough of your podcast to know that's not true, but mm-hmm. let's just assume that you would rate yourself a one out of 10. I'm not even going to bother working with that person. Okay. That's where you're going to hire somebody. You're going to hire somebody that is a better connector. If you're a six and you want to move to an eight, that's the type of per. that's those are the levels of improvement that we look at. And we and and we have to do a lot of self-assessments, a lot of discussions and things like that with the teams and make sure that again, the people in the right seat, that they're all contributing something that they that that adds to the value of the organization. As opposed if everybody is the same mindset, if everybody's on the same, everybody does this one thing very well, but they don't do these 10 things, eh, okay. That's what we have to look at. What's important yeah. to the organization. 
What's interesting is is uh, uh, for one of the companies that I had where I had gotten you know 110 employees, there was I, I remember specifically certain employees who boy they were really they really dedicated they really did a nice job for me and uh, they 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 I, I I wouldn't say that they weren't a fit for the role that they are that they had, but when I started to recognize certain qualities they had. Um, I would give, I would put them in other positions that was more, uh, a better match for them and, and better match mm-hmm. for the company. And, um, so, you know, you, I think you're right. You do start to look at people's qualities and say, yes. what is their, what are, what are they naturally good at? And that, that's a fun part of your job, isn't it? When you can do something like oh, that. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And uh, uh, Pat Lencioni just wrote a new book about a year or so ago called Working Genius. And I'm becoming certified there. And it's it's not necessarily what your skills are, but where do you get energy versus where do you lose energy? So let's say I'm a very good uh, person that invents things, right? So I'm an inventor and I want to constantly think like that. I can do it personally, but it kind of drains me. And where do you, so where do you want to put, so doing those types of things, where do you, where do you, where do they get to add value? Where are they going to add energy? Where are they going to go home at night being happy about their job? When I get done with a two or three hour working session with a group of managers, and I'm talking about leadership development, I come home and I want to, you know, I want to do something. My wife says, what's, <laughs> where did you get all this energy? If I, if I sit there with having to negotiate a contract for two hours, I can get this, I, I can be very productive, but I come home and I need a nap. Because it's something that just sucks energy out of me. So yeah, it is it's a lot of fun finding the the right skill set and moving the right again, moving the right people into the right seats. So you might have the right team, but it's just, oh God, you just you would be better in R and D than you are in marketing. So what are the majority of clients who come to you, what what are they typically looking for? So, just like in sales, yeah, you 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 have to take a problem off their desk. Right, so they're only coming to me because they have a problem. They 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 auto, auto, all of a sudden they have a high level of turnover, or their sales drop, or they're they're seeing things. Obviously, during COVID, my phone was ringing like crazy. You know what? Well, but how can you help me? Is what they what they first look for. Then you start looking and say, okay, I can help. We can take this off the desk and take this problem. We can solve this one problem, but let's look at the root cause. What caused the problem? What, and we start looking at that and uh, it, you know, 70% of the time it's leadership. It's just poor decision-making way upstream that got you to this, this place. And that's when we, we, that's when the discussions really start to flow. But usually I have to take a problem off their desk. Hmm. Um, If you're going to buy a car, well, I'm sorry, if you're driving a car, you're happy with your three-year-old car, runs good, it's got good mileage or gets good electric, whatever, whatever the- <laughs> You got to add that be. now. <laughs> yeah. um, you're driving a car. You're not even looking for a car until something happens. You get an accident, something breaks, something like that. That's when you go to the, the, the specialist and say, okay, how can you fix this or do I need a new one? I'm constantly selling a car, right? Nobody wants to buy a car until they need one. And, and again, once you- that, But that's- yeah make a long strip. They're only coming here usually because they have a problem. I focus on sales, marketing, leadership, development, turnover, engagement, communication, those types of things. And I'm talking way too fast. I do apologize. But um but that's that's how they that's how they usually get a hold of me. Have you found uh but this is a t- tricky question. Are you are you able to help them most of the time? No. 
No, I, I'm going to be honest with you. You can't always help somebody. Sometimes they're either dug down too deep or they're so closed minded that they, they don't want to take your advice. They come yeah. to you because you want to fix a problem. You fix yeah. that problem, but they don't really listen to the root cause. I would say it's about a 70, 65, 70% success rate, which is pretty good to help somebody improve. Yeah. But yeah. if they can't answer the simple questions, let's say we get the, past the problem solving, but the one of the simple questions that I ask in a coaching environment is, what do you want to be, do, and have for your company or for you or whatever? What do you want to be, do, and Most people can't answer that question and they can't be helped until they can because a coach doesn't train people. We don't give you the answers. We help you find the answers within you, right? And if you can't answer, what do you want to be, do, or have? And I say it over and over again, I really can't help you. And a lot of people just refuse to, not refuse, they, they, get, they struggle to answer that question. Yeah. I had, so I had a coach for several years when I first started. It was, she was mm -hmm. excellent, um, I thought. Um, and you know, there's one, one thing, she, this is my personality, yeah. uh, is, you know, we would have sessions every two weeks and then she was on call whenever I needed her, but I yeah. never needed her. You know, it wasn't, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't that way. It had to be a real emergency for me to call her. And, um, and so when I, we would have our sessions and, and then she would always have oh. a. It just, it just, it's back. I'm sorry. We had a little, I'm sorry about it. We had a technical okay, issue, but you're it's back. Gone. Um, anyway, so she would call. Uh, so anyway, we would have our calls and she would have like for most of her clients, okay. like a to do list, the things that we would agree. Hey, Steven, you're gone. Uh, okay. I'm going to go out. Are you there? Uh, shoot. You can't hear me. So for the second time in over 200 episodes, I had another technical issue. So that's the first time that's ever happened. It's happened recently where we lost each other. So we're back. Um, what I was kind of talking about was, um, uh, you know, you would, uh, Jamie's her name and she would, uh, we would, she would have like with the typical of her clients would have a, a, a task list or to-do list that we agreed upon. And I would have it done within the first two days. <laughs> you know, I'm just, Right. You know, you know, I just believe that, you know, I'm really good at execution, but I'm also really good. Like if out of our coaching sessions, if, you know, and her, so a lot of her main role was helping me to become a better leader and manager. It, when it come, that's what it really kind of boiled down to. I was great at execution. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, I think if you're going to listen, let's, let's, with with Mike, if you're going to bring on a coach, I don't care if it's Mike or somebody else, you got to implement what you guys are talking about, <laughs> or else you're wasting money, right? Oh gosh, yes, yeah. I mean, it's like going to go into a, a golf. Just think about something you do: golf coach, swim coach, whatever you do, and you go listen to him. Nah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. You just gave the guy seventy five dollars for a half hour uh, lesson, and he's not going to fix your slice because you really won't do, you know, you, you won't do what's needed. And another golf analogy, the answer's in the dirt, right? You got to create dirt. That means you got to practice and practice and practice to be, before you can implement it. It's not just going to show up because he told you. And just because a coach tells you this is what you should do in the future, if you're not practicing and implementing, executing, yeah, it's you're wasting your time and your money. Yeah. And golf is a good analogy. Uh, I think tennis too. Uh, yeah, I, tennis I like too. tennis. But um, the 
and some, a lot of other sports, but, but you can't just do it once or twice. You can't just say, okay, well, let me, he told me to, you know, in golf, keep my left foot in more and you got to do it a thousand times, you know, it's, it's gotta be second nature. It's, it's not easy. I mean, I, I think it was for me, honestly, to, to, uh, re-engineer myself, but, uh, but if you can learn that skill, if you can learn the skill, so let's talk about leadership skills, right? Or management skills. If you can learn how to learn and how to like, that's, I don't like the word learn or implement, right? That'll stay with you forever. I mean, you know, I've actually built seven companies, not six companies. I say six, but I wouldn't have been able to keep building different companies if I didn't learn how to reinvent myself. Yeah, not only reinvent yourself, but also from learn from others that are around you, right? Oh, you know, definitely. What's the, what's, what's the saying? I'm standing on the shoulders of greatness, right? It, because you want to, why reinvent the wheel? Why start from scratch? Why don't you take something that's 80% done and finish it? Uh, but Or apply what you learned in industry A and into industry B, because 80% of it is this, is there's so it's much- It's the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you get, when you boil it down, you get three things, people, product, and process, right? Yes. No matter what you have in any organization, that's the three. It's all the so same. Your problem. And the people part never changes. No. <laughs> because those, you, you got the same people yeah. problems. Unless you, unless you, yeah. Yeah, unless you do what my business partner and I did with this, with our last two companies, we tried to have, we purposely went into businesses that required very little people. Right. Exactly. But you know, you, we yeah, said, yeah, you know, yeah. it's such a pain in the neck. Uh, we're just going to, Try to go into businesses that eliminate. It was one of the key criteria that we would, that we wanted when we were selecting businesses, and you know, uh, honestly, uh, almost all seven of those businesses were all completely different. But I, you know, if you're a businessman, you can run any business. It doesn't really matter. Well- I started my life as a salesman, but as 12 years old, I sold newspapers then. Okay. Not much of a sales job. Then I sold cars. Then I sold Velcro, otherwise known as hook and loop. Then I sold plastics, metals, rubbers, electronics. Guess what? I don't, I could take everything that I learned in industry A and apply it to industry C, D, and E because it's the same thing. You're dealing with the people. And like I said a few minutes ago, taking a problem off their desk. As soon as you take that problem off their desk, then you become more trusted and you become more part of the team. But yeah, it's building a business, building anything is the same thing, but you have to be open to it. You have to be wise enough and have the cognitive skills to say, oh, I learned something similar there. I can apply something similar here. Yeah. You think um, in today's age, that being a leader requires less people skills than it used to. No, it's even more. Yeah, I think it's, it's a strategic more. advantage. And I it's didn't. A strategic I don't, advantage. Yeah, I didn't know the answer to that question. I mean, I don't have. Yeah. It's just you know, I'm in a different role now where I don't have any many employees, and that that's been that way for the last 13 years. So it's not like you know, I feel like in regards to leadership skills. When, you know, a lot of businesses now are technical oriented, you know, I, you know, I, you know, that's why I asked you the question, you know, the, you know, one of the advantages you have with a coach is a, a a coach is picking up things from an industry wide perspective. So you're talking to company A, you're talking to company B, you're talking to company C. And then when I talk to you, you're, you're able to use all that knowledge from all those different companies now and give it to me. Exactly. And I, that's, I think that's good because I, I'm not at company A, B, and C, you know? Yeah, exactly. And one of the coaching things that I do is uh, I build peer advisory groups. 
otherwise known as you know yep. masterminds, you know, for masterminds. Lack of a better of a term. And we get the same people five to ten million dollars worth of business. They're CEOs. They all have, but one's from banking, one's from manufacturing, one's from distribution. When you sit around that table and you talk to them, the company's Vistage. I don't know if you've ever heard of Vistage. Sure, I did. I, they tried to get me involved. I joined EO instead. It's an entrepreneur organization. Yeah. Yeah, this is. I'm not a member of uh, Vistage. I'm a chair, so uh, it's. Yep. Uh, but it's you. You get that. You get that uh, when you sit around the group of 12, 14, 15 different industries, completely non-competitive. They have no. There's no influence on each other, and they say, "Well, you could try this. You should. Th- this is something that worked for me." And you start throwing these ideas back and forth. It, it's amazing, and yeah. And as a coach, I'm one-on-one with people after sitting around with 14, 15 different industries. Like you said, you can take those skills from a manufacturing. Uh, a problem from manufacturing, apply it to distribution and say, here, this is how we could, we could potentially solve that problem. But yeah. All right. So let's, let's do, uh, uh, just, uh, I know we've been dancing around leadership yeah. and going back and forth. Let's the top three things let's say is, listen, I am listening to this podcast and I, and I know I buy into what Mike and Steven are saying. I want to be a better leader. What are the top three things that you think that someone needs to really do to become a, a, a much better leader? Uh, find out first one, most important, find out what you know and what you don't know yep. and be open to the, and understand that you don't know everything. So you know what you know, you know what you don't know. And as soon as you start finding out what you don't know, start learning it. Okay. So that's the number one thing you have to do. So th- that's number one. Uh, the second thing is make sure you're communicating with your people the way they want to be communicated with, how they want to be communicated, that you have a, a common purpose. I don't like to use the word vision because it sounds too high lofty, but what's the purpose? What's the purpose of this organization? And does everybody believe in it and get buy-in? Okay, those are the those are the first two things. And then just make sure that it going that's so that's kind of like a people and a process and a product thing. Are you are you really looking to the future? Do you have a a, a, I don't want to call a big, big goal, but do you know where you're taking these people outside of the purpose? This is what we're doing for you today. Where do we want to take you? What mountain do we want to climb together? If you can, if you could have those three things, get people to buy in and get to follow you. When you get to that top of the mountain, you're not going to be alone, right? You're going to be, you're going to have your entire team with you. And that, even though, even like you said, you don't, you're trying to stay away from employees, you still have vendors, you still yep. have customers, you still have distribution, yep. you still have other things that you rely on where you have to communicate your vision to these yeah, people. Yeah, you're always answering to somebody. Well, not necessarily answering to somebody, but you want people to buy into it, be, be part of your tribe and that type of thing. So whether you have employees, whether you don't have employees, whether you're a small, medium-sized company, where are you going? How are you going to get there? Are you communicating to people? Do you know what you don't know? And and, and try to and start digging. Continuous improvement. You know, you just have yeah, to focus and, on You know, it, so I, I know that some of the people who are listening now, I, I would have felt the same way in that, it, you know, it's like you're definitely, oh, a lot of the listeners, you're working in your business, you know, where, you know, <laughs> you want to be working on your business eventually. Yes. And that's the goal. But, you know, you're like, I'm running around my head cut off. And now you're talking about, you know, improving my communication, uh, uh, learning about my employees. What was the first one again? Uh, the, the vision, the common, the vision yeah, of the company, purpose? Coming up. But, yeah. you know, it, you know, you don't need to, you know, do, do one. Okay. You know, knowing the vision of the company, you know, you go have a cup of coffee. I used to do this all the time. My favorite time of the week was 
after 12 o'clock on a Friday, going to a coffee house for an hour, having a cup of coffee and looking over my strategic plan. And involved in my strategic plan was what's the purpose of my company? Where am I trying to go? You know, how am I doing against it? But I spent a lot of time kind of refining my, our company's purpose and, you know, where we wanted to go. Um, and then I made sure that it wasn't just me who knew it, you know, I, exactly. I you know, it's important. You want to share with them uh, your, your vision. It, it doesn't take a lot of time to do a little bit of improvements in all three of those areas. So, oh, heaven's so. Yeah. yeah. And, and then what happens is after three, four years, you start finding that you just keep adding more and more and it gets easier and easier and easier. It comes second nature. Like when I built, you know, my, my, yeah, my last company with my, my business partner, you know, we had everything. We were like, okay, we need accounting systems. We need a CRM system. Uh, we need, we need a, a payroll company. Uh, we need, uh, you know, we just went right down the line. We knew exactly. And we had it up and running in three months to, we had it up in three months to $500,000 in revenue and a regular going operation. Now, again, yeah. it depends on the industry you're in. Right. Whereas I know if I had done that same thing 20 years ago, I wouldn't have been up to that point just from a process standpoint for three years. Or well, right, you know? but you've, you've already built five, six, seven companies, right? So you know, I already tried payroll company one, two, and three. I'm not going to use number one and three ever again. So it's yeah. two. You know, you're, yeah. you, you've already made all these decisions, but those are learned experiences that you apply. So, but you know, spending the time, you know, whether it's 15 minutes in the morning every morning, whether it's a Friday afternoon with a cup of coffee at a coffee shop by yourself, if you don't put in the time away from your normal day to day operations, I think that's what. Whether you did that on Tuesday or whatever, you left the building for I did. an hour and had a cup of I coffee, did. and you had your. And it's on my calendar, you, by the way. I have it on my and calendar. You calendared it. Yeah. yeah. So I wake up at you know I I think I listened to you a week or two ago. I uh, can't remember who you're talking to, but you're a five a.m. person as well, right? Yeah. I get up five a.m. today, and I got my three E's. I do my education, my enlightenment, and my uh, exercise. I learn something new about my business every day. I learn. I try to get a little bit more broad minded about light, enlightening, and then I do. Uh, uh, or I listen to a education or a, a blog, sorry, podcast, I'm, I'm thinking blog, but I'll, I'll walk my dogs and, and listen to a podcast. But I do that at five o'clock every day and I start my day with it. But those types of things, those types of things, those key me off on what I'm, they give me the chance to think about the future. They give me that I'm reading blogs that I can apply to uh, uh, my business six months from down the road. But if you don't, spend the time you're going to constantly, you're going to be making the pizzas that you want to sell, you know, and you don't want to do that. Sooner or later, you got to make a hire a pizza guy, you know, and yeah. the small, yeah. Sooner or later, you got to hire people to do that. Then you can start yeah. spending, do I want a second pizzeria? Do I want a third until you get, it's still, like you said, working on the business instead of in it, you're, you're going to be making pizzas the rest of your life. Yeah. Sorry. I like that analogy. It's easy to understand. Yeah. 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 I like it. Everybody wants I'm a to storyteller. Work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants to be the, the guy um, who's watching everybody else make the pizzas. You know, if you don't want to be that way, you're just never going to be past a million dollars in sales or whatever it is. No. It's just not going to work. Or you, know, you got really lucky. I, I, you know, and I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you this. It's like, you know, St uh, Steve Jobs was a control freak, right? Yeah. So people sit there and they'll study Steve Jobs, you know, or they'll watch Steve Jobs movie or something like that. 
uh, and I'll say, well, let me take another step back. I'll say is all business owners that I have met who are control freaks are in most cases, 90, 95% of the time are not running, are never, are not running big businesses and they're never going to run a big business. Right. You get that one off with Steve Jobs, who was a control freak. And, and yeah, he made it, you know, really big time. But in general, from just, I'm talking about from my personal experience, not from seeing okay. Steve Jobs, but from seeing many business owners that I know that they just can't get out of their own way. They have to be involved in every decision and it just stops them from being big. Um, and, you know, again, the purpose of this podcast is to help you get big, bigger, right? You know, $10 million really isn't that big, but it's not bad. Um, so, so what, let, let, let me uh, pick your brain on a, uh, a client of yours that has done an incredible job of leadership building. Tell oh, me what really? they, what they, I know you told us three steps, but tell me, tell us a little bit specifically about what they did that really impressed you. Uh, they've learned that 80% of the stuff that they do every day is somebody else's responsibility. Oh. Not only that's in the organization, but not only that they're responsible for it, they're probably already trained to do it. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's one of the projects that I like to go through, but that you, you write down everything you're doing on a week or two weeks basis, right? And you start checking off, is somebody else already trained to do this? Can somebody be trained to do this? And literally 80% of a lot of the things that people are doing are already, somebody's already trained to, but you said it, either I'm a control freak or I can get it done faster. So I teach them how to empower empowered. And I use the word empower, not delegate, because delegating is just, is still keeping the responsibility here. Push down that responsibility. All of a sudden my calendar is freed up because now I can start working on the big things. And as soon as you start freeing up that time a little bit, that's, that is the biggest, that's the biggest net gain I see as far as leadership, because now they can start thinking about that future. They can start thinking about how they're going to communicate it, where, where they're going to, find their inner circle and who's going to, who's going to put this thing together. And you continue to push all of these tasks down, but that's, that's the number one thing. I've, I've tried to get people to do that, try to get people to have a empty to-do list so they can put thought, you know, the thinking, you know, thinking time, uh, Steve's coffee time can, instead of one hour a week, it could be six hours or eight hours. Or, how much more could you have done if you could have made that an entire day? Well, you know I, I mean? that's, I, those are the types of questions. I yeah. love what you said um, um, uh, about having a clean email or to-do list. I mean, an email, yeah. it's, I, you know, a oh. virtual assistant maybe can help you with that. I, I could just think how much more productive time I would be working on my business if yeah. I wasn't responding to my email. Because I'm kind of fanatical yeah. about my email. Oh, you know, no, I, I, I don't like having any, I never like having anything more than one full page of emails. You know, usually it's a half, even if yeah. it's a half a page. And, you know, if I have my email cleaned down, I have nothing there. Oh my God, what productive time. I, I, I move into strategy. I move into, it's almost impossible. It's almost impossible. And I don't have a virtual assistant. Again, we have a small company on purpose. So I'm, I'm very involved in one of the businesses I run. I'm very involved in it. Uh, the financing solutions business, I, it's very hands-on because I'm loaning, uh, you know, we're providing lines of credit with our own money. So, yeah. you know, we're you know, oh. purposely small, you know, something we can do to our eighties and in our eighties and nineties, something we can do quite, quite easily. So, um, that was the original design. So, 
Yeah. So, uh, and that, that um, I, I would think that the people that you think just do a great job of implementing what you say and what they say for leadership improvement, I, I bet you this, they're, they're probably long-term clients too, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. I've got yeah. some clients that have, that, that continue. We don't see each other bi-weekly anymore, but we'll yep. see each other quarterly now and just yep. as, as, as a catch up and, and almost like, okay, let's just, what's, what are we going to do for the next three to six months? Um, but five, six, seven, eight, nine years, my, my Vistage groups can be as long as 10, 12, 12 years. I had one for three years and it fell apart during COVID um, just because of, we couldn't do it for, uh, in person, even though it was probably the most important time. I lived in Michigan, so we were locked down like crazy. Um, I lived in uh, so we could not see in person. It, and it's one of those things that you kind of have to be, uh, have to do, but yeah, there's, yeah, clients. Did you still see Janie? You're no, uh, we're good friends, business. though. No. Um, okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, I her, her you know, what's there's a. I actually brought her back in once. Um, well, I wanted to bring, her, but she got really expensive. <laughs> she got really super expensive. <laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, yeah. it was like ten thousand dollars a month, and and um, yeah. I was a little bit surprised to be honest with you. Uh, it wasn't. The problem wasn't that serious. So, um, yeah, my, it, it's cost benefit, right? <laughs> it was, it was, um, yeah. yeah. So I decided against it. Um, well, you know, listen, it was a great discussion. We, you, I think our listeners can pick through and get one or two really nuggets out of this. It wasn't so, you know, down the line, you got to do this, 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 and this. It was, no. you know, you, no. you kind of hear today something that resonates with you. Uh, that Michael talked about and, and, and even some of the experiences I shared that you say, you know, I can use that one thing and you know, I really should do that. I mean, when I, sometimes I don't, uh, when I go and uh, if I do any public speaking engagements, which I hope to do more down the road, um, I say to my audience, I want you to walk away. I, you know, what I usually do is I say, I'm going to, you're going to get a test after this. And that usually wakes everybody up. And then I say, um, I want to know one thing that you're going to walk walk away from the, today's uh, uh, lecture that I gave that you're going to implement one thing. Yeah. So that's the same thing as today, right? Mike, just walk away with one thing. Yeah. And if I could add to that, I do a three, two, one exercise. And I'll make a quick three, two, one exercise every Saturday morning. What three things did I do really well this week? Uh, okay. I kind of give myself a little bit of a pat on the back, what, you know, a little bit of victories. Yeah. What two things did I not do so well? Okay. That I need to improve on. Okay. And then what's my one thing that I learned that I can implement in my business this month, week or whatever. And I put together an action plan for that one thing every week. It's called a three, two, one. I do it. I don't even know where I created it um, or how I, how it, how it ever came to me, but you know, what three good things happened to me, what two things could have improved and what's one thing I can implement immediately. And, I love it. Or yeah. it's, it's like a, it's like a takeaway in a lecture, yeah. right? So, yeah, I, and yeah. Uh, just to add to that, I had, I had a really good guy who uh, uh, who was on one of my podcasts. And I didn't think he was going to be really good, and then he he was awesome. And he came on and he said, I asked him how he was different as a coach because he had been coached for like a long time, like 15, 20 years. And he had said, mm-hmm. I said, how are you different now as a coach versus the way you were fifteen or twenty years ago? And he said, fifteen or twenty years ago, he focused on processes and procedures. He goes, now what he focuses on, the number one thing to start off on every single meeting is tell me something that you did really well this week. Because yeah. he said, as it's entrepreneurs, ridiculous. you always focus on the negatives. You never focus on the positives. And it's a little bit about yeah, your 3 one you know, that you're talking yeah. about as well. 
So that's a good tip. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good tip. I thought so too. Um, so I'd like to thank everybody. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, very much Michael Cole from Cole Performance Groups for coming on today's podcast. And if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend. And also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You know, we have like 10,000 listeners now and, um, and it's really, and most people don't notice it's the reviews that you guys give us that really moves us up the algorithms. So uh, as long as it's a five-star review, which we would really appreciate. So if you like it, please give us a review. If you're looking for a business line of credit for your business, uh, you can call us at 862-207-4118 or visit our website at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in financing solutions, creditline.com. And Michael, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Uh, you can go to the Cole Performance Group at uh, Cole Performance Group with a K, K-O-L-E Performance Group.com or follow me, follow my uh, blog. I write a uh, twice weekly blog. I tell lots of stories at Michael Cole, all one word dot substack.com. I got a substack out there. Um, $3.75 a month. I think you can get it for now, right now, but it's, it's me telling stories and giving leadership tips on a regular basis. That would be the uh, best way to get a hold of me. So I think a summary for today, my, my biggest takeaway, biggest thing I re- I'm reminded to do is, is how important it is for you to take some time away from your uh, from your day or your week and reflect. And I really like Michael's three, two, one rule. That's that's a great process. I bet you if you did that every single week, I you would grow so much as a leader. It, it would really make a big difference. And so I, I think Michael's hitting it right on that on, uh, on the nutshell as far as what you need to do. And you know, I think it's not a bad idea to think about bringing Michael on as a coach. Listen, if Michael. Uh, does a good job. He's going to pay for himself and he knows it. So um, anyway, have a great day. Don't forget to take good care of yourself. Uh, I re- want to remind you that being an entrepreneur is a marathon and not a sprint. So be in it for the long haul. You'll, you'll be happier in your life. Everybody have a fantastic day. 